Hey friend, welcome to The Problem with Perfect. We are a cross-generational conversation that focuses on creating a meaningful, imperfect life through the lens of our mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health. Each week, we will share our own experiences as recovering perfectionists or use our journalistic training to interview expert guests. We promise to be transparent and real and that each episode will leave you uplifted, encouraged, and believing you are enough. So pull up a chair and have a seat. There's always a place for you at our table. Welcome back to another episode of The Problem with Perfect. Robin, I have to ask you, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great. You said that like there's some agenda. Am I not supposed to be feeling okay, Rachel? No, I just want to know because we're talking, we're all in our feelings like Drake, you know, Drake's in his feelings. Uh, yes. Okay. I'm with you. Yes. We are talking feelings today. We are. Uh, and uh, how are you? I guess I want to know. I think right now in this moment, feeling a little bit overwhelmed just with a busy got to go to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing, get it all done. But that is life, I guess. But when you asked me what we wanted to do for the podcast this week, I kind of was like, well, here's something that I personally struggle with. So we're talking about how to actually feel your feelings and not just use distraction as a way to basically get along in your everyday life and just to limp along. Let's call it limp along. Can we? Yeah. So I guess I'm limping. I'm limping. I've been limping for who knows how long I feel like I've been limping for years. (laughs) So just take everything I say with a grain of salt. I'm definitely not in this podcast coming from a a place of knowing the answers. I'm like, if anybody feels like they use distraction or they're just so busy constantly that they're to the point of just being so tired and overwhelmed right there with you. But I think that's why we got to talk about it. Yeah. Well, and as always, we don't, we don't tell people we have all the answers, but what we can do is we can talk about things. And I think when you and I talk about things that people tend to find themselves in our conversation. So we hope that's what'll happen today. Yeah. So I guess let's like, just start with the issue of distraction and why that is like such a tactic that we use to, I don't know, not feel everything that's going on around us. Yeah. Well, I think it's important when we talk about distraction, I think intuitively know that distractions aren't always bad. In fact, there's lots of times when distractions can be good. And even in therapy sessions with Uh, for myself and for other people, I know that the distractions is like a a tactic that counselors use, you know, and it's, it's because it can be useful to help people cope with intense emotions. And I'll just add two things I think are super important. Temporarily cope with intense emotions. Mm -hmm. So in this instance, these good distractions are anything that you do to temporarily take your attention away from that strong emotion, basically giving that emotion time to decrease in intensity. So when we're in the heat of the moment, distractions can be good to help calm us. Okay. Wait, we got to pause there. What do you do to distract yourself? 
with these emotions? Like I, we got to give some examples. I can start if you need some, if you need one. Well, I would love to know, do you do this? Oh the yeah. Positive way? What, what are some positive distractions that you use? Um, I'm a big cleaner. Ah, <laughs> yes. Like got to clean. I, I also will, if I'm going through something really hard, a lot of times I can distract it with work, which I feel like a lot of people can mm-hmm. relate to. That's a big one. Uh, and just keeping busy altogether, like mm-hmm. literally not scheduling time in my day where I'm not doing something, just I'm constantly going. Yeah. So based on what I have read in preparation for this, like you kind of lumped distractions, like these are the things that I do. And what I heard you say is some of those things are kind of really very positive ones. Like, okay, I'm just going to just clean the house or vacuum or do something where I feel like I can very well see, like, this was my effort and this is what my effort got me. So that distraction, I think would be a really positive distraction. So doing chores, doing something creative, exercising, but then you mentioned some other things. <laughs> yeah. I think work can be fine too. Is that a bad one? Well, I think the key is you have to ask yourself whether you're overachieving or you're working so much because you're doing it to avoid your emotions. Because then what happens when we think about that word temporarily, when you're consistently, constantly overworking to avoid your emotions, then that's not what a good distraction would look like for your life. Hmm. Yeah. And I think that that is like maybe where we should have started. So sorry, listeners, but it's like, how do you, how do you determine whether you fall into this category? Like, are you someone that distracts yourself and doesn't feel emotions because you just keep yourself really busy with distractions? Like, mm-hmm. and at what point do you decide is this healthy or not? Right. Because things from the outside, all of those things that you said, and we could add some other ones, like people who, like I've seen people several times throughout my life be like, oh, I'm going to train for an Ironman triathlon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're constantly focused on either swimming, running, biking, their diet, what, whatever it is. Right. Cause there's, it's so all consuming that, mm-hmm. that, that that's an example. Like, so even over-exercising, like you said, over-scheduling yourself and that workaholism might all be that idea that it's, it's really driving from a place that subconsciously we're just pushing our emotions aside. So, yeah. And here's another big one we haven't talked about yet is drinking, Mm. like just Mm. drinking or alcohol or any like substance abuse. I think that's another huge way people distract themselves from not feeling Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and some scientists that I was reading earlier today were talking about when you use distractions in a negative way that um, just keep suppressing things and you don't go back and deal with things. So when you use it in a non-temporary way, mm-hmm. um, because let's face it, like then you get into it and you, you get, you get used to being a workaholic and the people around you get used to you being a workaholic as well. And it's really hard to get out of that rut. Um, Or you say yes to everybody so that your schedule is overbooked and you're go, go, go all the time. And then you get known for that. Oh my gosh, you get so much done. You just go, go, go all the time. 
And then that becomes a part of your identity, right? So um, it, when we do that, when we use distractions in that way, it, we were, we're, they're eventually going to, those emotions are eventually going to bite us in the butt. And scientists that I was reading today, that articles I were reading, kept going back to when we do this, then it eventually will prompt unhealthier responses like drinking drugs, overeating, self-harm, and even worse. So you're exactly right. It's just a rabbit rabbit hole that we don't need to go down. Yeah. Well, and I think what you said could be a good stress test, like of what, what would people say about you, right? <laughs> and if you, you could, if you really want to, you could ask, you could ask a few people, but it's like, I can't, can't count on both my hands how many times people are like, you're so busy. You always are scheduling things. How do you do your schedule? I'm like, oh yeah, I hear that a lot. I don't even need to ask anyone. <laughs> do you hear that? I feel that way about you, Robin. I feel like you're also really busy, but maybe you can handle it. Well, I hear it a lot less these days than I used to when I had kids at home. So um, I, I hear it less. I'll just say that. Uh, but I do think, Rachel, that I uh, definitely avoid my emotions for sure. Then I was looking at like that list of like, these are good distractions that, you know, can temporarily take you out of the, the intensity of this situation. And these are ones that hmm, we might want to consider if long-term, if we keep doing these, that they can be difficult because like, so some of the good ones are, you know, go window shopping, go out to lunch, have coffee with a friend. Like, and I think about, so two years ago was the whole time of Matthew's bone marrow transplant. So on our Google duo in our kitchen, these pictures pop up and some of them are hard to see. And some of them are very joyous. And, uh, I know my friend Denise, who's listening is probably thinking, Robin, I told you to quit having those pictures pop up because they are a source. Uh, they trigger my emotions yeah. and sometimes I don't want to be triggered. Yeah. So, so I am constantly sometimes having to, uh, distract myself from those triggers. But, uh, this week, two years ago, one of my friends came to Kansas city and there are pictures of our day together. Oh. And I remember thinking what a beautiful day that, that distraction that day was for me. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. took me out of the intensity of that situation. And uh, again, the science behind that is that those situations where we're taken out of those intense situations, uh, it all goes like to the brain and the amygdala and that we, we can't regulate our emotions sometimes until we get out of that situation. So there is scientific benefit for distraction, but like you're saying, Rachel, like everybody in my life says, Rachel, you're too busy. And what cost comes with that? My peace. Yeah. And so for other people, I think TV can be a, oh, that's a good one. The, the era of Netflix and binge watching. Whew. Yep. Yep. Anything that just numbs you, right? Or it takes you to a, a dark place. I was talking to a friend today who recently moved uh, to a new city. Mm -hmm. She's lived here or around Columbia her entire life. And she recently moved and uh, she's watching the killing 
I, I don't know if that's Netflix or Prime, whatever it's on, but we were talking about that because I watched it several years ago with Tom and just about how it's visually very dark. It's very heavy. It's about like a 17 year old girl who gets murdered. And she was like, you know, then I just found myself sobbing, just sitting on the couch and sobbing. Uh-huh. And so we, we talked about why would that be right? Are you, like you said, numb out, but then it's easy to get sucked into something that, oh my gosh, then now I'm having to feel all the feels that I, I didn't want to feel. And that's why I was sitting here numbing out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a good introspective moment, right? Like what happened there, but I don't, what did she say? Was she able to like get to the bottom of it? Was it deeper meaning? I mean, you don't have to share exactly, but. Well, I, I think that for us, the learning there was, is that she's been through a hard time and that your brain, you know, when you pick yourself up and you move to a completely new situation, your brain has to work really hard and the impact on your body that your brain is having to, to work harder impacts the rest of your body. And so just giving yourself a lot of grace and then also being really aware of what's influencing your mood in that situation. So I was like, maybe it's time for a season of new girl. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good point though. I do think that if you are in a space like that, you just have to be so careful about what you're consuming, because if what you were saying earlier, the science behind it is that it's hard to get out of your emotions when you're in them. And then that means that one thing you can do, one thing you can control is protecting what is going into your head. And so whatever it is that you're struggling with, like just surrounding yourself with positive things is probably the best thing you can do until you can get through the other side and look at it. Great. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah. but I like how you talked about with your friend's example that really maybe what was going down was triggered within her body. And I think that this is something of a case of why it's worth trying to let yourself feel your feelings is because there are these consequences, right? Like your body can literally keep the score, Mm -hmm. Uh, which there's a book about that, which I still need to read, but it's pretty heavy. (laughs) So it is like, it's not a feel good read by any means. No, it's like 20 hours long. And I say that because, you know, most of the time I listen to books instead of read them. Yeah. Yeah, And there's another good book called what happened to you. It's by Oprah. Uh, love. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. It's another in that vein, but another good one. So I I guess like, I know that I don't want to put you on the spot and this isn't, you know, counseling for Rachel done by yours truly, who has no counseling degree, (laughs) but I feel like I just want to ask you, Rachel, like if you can identify that some of these things are occurring in your life and not in a temporary basis, but like an ongoing basis, like working too much and overscheduling. Do you know, are you aware of what it is, what emotions it is that you're trying to avoid? Um, I guess maybe feeling weak. Hmm. Like, I feel like I always have to have everything together and be strong for everybody else. So I think that it's, easy for me to just keep going and not let myself, I don't know, go there with different things. Yeah. Well, the reason I asked that is because the alternative that I think might be worth exploring is really how do we make peace with those emotions? 
So we're avoiding them for a reason. So maybe even stepping back and say, what is the emotion that I'm really avoiding? And being able to, to, to like name it as, as with anything, when we can talk about it, then we have the power over it rather than it having the power over us. And, um, and then I think accepting that eventually we will have to deal with that, whatever that emotion is, it will eventually, like you said, the body will keep the score. Eventually it will, it will come to fruition in some way or another. So like, for example, we know that when we look at unresolved things or things that happen to your body, when you have unresolved emotions, um, some of the lists are that you get mentally exhausted. You have stomach problems such as slow digestion, irritable bowel syndrome, gas, bloating, vomiting, and ulcers, uh, headaches, migraines. Uh, you have stronger negative emotions. So you have situations where you, you don't behave, you don't react appropriately, like something bad happens. And so instead of reacting with like, well, that sucks, you know, you go off the deep end. So Mm -hmm. yeah, Yeah. like this pent up emotion that like spews out. Um, Some people gain weight because again, we've talked about food being that band-aid. Some people have difficulty experiencing the positive things in their life. So they really, Mm -hmm. yeah, have trouble experiencing joy. There's an increased cancer risk, uh, according to the Harvard School of Public Health. And um, it makes our lifespan shorter. So if you weren't motivated to deal with like, your emotions. Those are bummers. Big bummer. Yeah. Everybody wants some of those things, right? Uh, so that's the big why. The, making one of those things personal. Uh, in addition to the fact that if you are distracting, like life's too short to be sitting in front of the TV or to be working all the time or to be so busy that we can't enjoy the activity that's before us. So just adjusting your attitude that eventually we're going to have to deal with these things. So I guess if we are going to give tips of like, all right, so maybe you've made the case now of, all right, maybe I do want to stop and try and make this decision in my life, then how would you suggest going about it? Hmm. Well, not being afraid to sit with them is probably the first thing that I think comes to mind. So I had this thing happen to me last week, Rachel. Uh huh. So I went to this training and part of it, we had a guided meditation mm-hmm. and I'm just sitting there, you know, with my eyes closed, you know, my feet are grounded. I'm focusing on my breath. Katina, who's been on our podcast, is actually leading this guided meditation. Yes. So it's all good. Listen to the podcast about that, by the way. We'll link it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, about breathing. Yes. yes. <laughs> and um, then she says, you know, we're going to end our time, our meditation time today by um, with, with a love note to self. And there were three things in the love note. And I have no idea what the second two were because the first one said, thank you. Thank you to my heart that kept beating even when it was broken. Mm, Yeah. And Rachel, 
like that just hit me. Like, I don't even know. Like I just couldn't control, like the tears just started flowing and kept coming and I just couldn't shut them off. And it was just like this, I, I, and I kept thinking like, what, what is this? I'm like, am I sad? That was my heart. My heart was broken. Am I acknowledging that my heart's been broken? Am I grateful that that's true? That like, here I am clearly my heart didn't stop beating because my heart was broken. So I can say that after that happened, like the next day, I just had to sit with that. Like, what was it about that? That one sentence that made me realize you aren't dealing with that. And I say dealing with, because I think for me, I'll just say for me, like, this is just constantly something I'm going to have to keep dealing with, you know? And I think it's we not might... a one and done thing. No. Yeah. And so, and I think that's part of the reason people distract themselves with it. Cause they know it's going to be a lot of work, but um, there's just probably no alternative. There's probably no getting around it to certainly live our best, healthiest life. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I think that that is so true of that. You never know when it's going to hit you, right? Like, it sounds like you were in a moment of openness and you kind Mm -hmm. of like truly had cleared your mind and that just was able to bring something up that maybe you had kept deep down for a while, right? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, so one of the things that we always read is like, oh, you should meditate. And I think we read it so much and we hear it so much that I know I just get like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of the way I get with it. Partially because I'm, I'm not really a yogi. I mean, I I would want to be, but I'm really not. Are you certified? (laughs) I'm not certified in yoga. Why did I think you were? No. Uh, but I think, I think I could really benefit from it if I would spend more time because it is that quietness, right? It's just that quietness and clearing our minds and our bodies of distractions and just allowing ourselves to be open and then to, to feel those feelings and, and experience those emotions. So, um, yeah, I think it was really good. I think it was a really good thing, even though I was really uncomfortable with it. Well, I'm proud of yourself. I'm proud of you for taking time to like be curious about your emotions and yourself and why this was coming up for you and, and seeing it in hindsight as a really good thing. And I, I agree with you that meditation is really good. It's something that Mason and I have been trying to do um, every night and I'm bad at it. I can get to like seven minutes and then I'm like, start hugging the dogs and I'm like, what's going on? So I think that that takes practice too. So if you do try this tip, you're not good at it at first, that's totally normal. They also have like five minute meditations, which I like those better, but I think it's so good. And I'm, this is something I want to start doing. And I think you would like this too, Robin. Yeah. It's um, meditation after workout. Mm. Like your workout and then you come back and you meditate for five minutes. Mm-hmm. I think I want to start doing that. I did it yesterday and I was like, this is great. So what did that meditation look like after your exercise? Was it, was it guided? Did you like, yeah, play something? yeah. I just went on YouTube and I searched five minute guided veg- uh, <laughs> vegetation. Vegetation. Meditation. 
<laughs> and then I just sat there and did it. And it was like after my workout. So I was already feeling really good and had those endorphins going. And so, ah. and when you're doing your workout, it's easier to clear your mind because you're just focused on the workout. So I, it was just easier to get in and take That's a my great idea. my body like right after. Well, and, and exercise is obviously one of those things, like you said, it releases endorphins or the strengths, you know, those feel good hormones and meditation is another healthy coping strategy. So like, I love how you combine the two. So way to go girl. And I also am finding with the help of Katina, finding the benefit of like, after I teach my bar class, really trying to integrate some yoga philosophies and our cool down, mm-hmm. because I do think there is something kind of sacred about that space where you're, you know, you're, you are super thankful f- for the workout. You feel good. Those endorphins are released. Mm-hmm. And I, I always can, I can find myself in a place of gratitude, pretty easy there. <laughs> something about the workout being done, I guess. Well, cause it was hard and you pushed yourself and you did it and it's over. And it's like, it just feels so good does feel good. So, yeah. So I think however it works, just finding a place and a practice. And I think that's a really important word, the practice of sitting with your emotions and, and naming them and, um, emotions aren't bad. They are bad. They, they just are, and we're all going to have them and we're going to either try to coexist with them or experience some really negative things. So yeah, there you go, girl. That's what I think. How about you? Is there anything that we missed? Well, I love what you're saying. And one thing I heard on another podcast called oversharing when they were talking about like this type of topic um, and one of the hosts is a therapist and she was saying, just think about like you're taking um, a sadness pill, right? You take a pill, it's sadness, and the side effects are, and this is her words, might have a lump in your throat, your eyes might start watering, you're going to feel really sad. And just thinking about that as you're experiencing your emotions of like, this is going to happen to me and kind of setting yourself apart of it. I took this sadness pill, I'm going to have these side effects, but it only lasts for a certain amount of time. And just acknowledging it. So what you were saying of like, just acknowledging it, but then saying, this is not who I am. This is what I'm experiencing and being aware. And that's it. So I love that. Yeah. yeah. Well said. Thanks for sharing that. That's really uh, a good visual for me. And, and what that leads me to the also thing is like, these emotions are like a bridge. We, we can either stay stuck on one side because we can't walk mm-hmm. through that we can't take those steps across the bridge to process them, or we can stay stuck where we are. And when we stay stuck where we are, we know that's not inherently a good thing. So we distract ourselves so that we don't have to uh, think about the fact that, oh, I'm stuck and then and scared to take that step. Yeah. So hopefully this inspired us and our listeners to be willing to feel things, or at least be willing to meditate, which is something I can try and commit to. <laughs> Um, and it is a process and it's okay. It's one step at a time, but, um, it is important to let yourself feel that. So. And phone a friend when you need one, Rachel. That's right. Well, thanks Robin. (laughs) Okay. Well, we'll see everybody next week. Hey friend. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We're honored that you're sharing your day with us. 
Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. That way you get a notification when new episodes are released. And hey, we'd love for you to share this podcast with your friends and family. So make sure you do that. And remember, whatever you're going through, there's always enough grace for you today. So be sure to give it to yourself. Mm